Good morning, friends. Do you have your Bibles prepared? Or maybe you're listening to the these recordings in the evening. Uh, but we are in Matthew 11. We read Matthew 10, where Jesus sent his disciples out uh, to spread the good news. And here Jesus is. He is going and teaching. And it says, Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his twelve disciples that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? He was clarifying that he was clarifying because he knew that Jesus came to bring judgment, uh, which was spoken of in Matthew chapter 3. When John the Baptist spoke of of the mission, and he says that I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And so he's letting them know that, that Christ is bringing judgment. But, and that's in Matthew chapter 3. Um, but Jesus at the time confirmed with him. He says, go and tell him. Go, he said to them, go, go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. And so he was referring to the prophecies spoken of in Isaiah. That yes, he's the one and this is what he is doing at this time. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John. And he now he's speaking of John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send a messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. And John the Baptist literally lived in the wilderness on his own for his whole life. I don't know of any human being that was that consecrated on this earth to God. And he literally lived off of what locusts and honey and lived his his, his he lived with um what his with camel's hair <laughs> like he was clothed with camel's hair so he was from all that i can see the most consecrated human being that ever lived he lived in the wilderness and devoted his life to being prepared to prepare the way for christ so for the people he was a sight to see and Well, we'll go on and, and speak more about 
what Jesus is saying about him. He says, As surely I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, these are some very deep things here. Um, For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces. Okay, now he's speaking. So he speaks of of John, how great he is. Um, is, Is a prophet born of a woman. And... And then he says, now, he said, what did you come out to see? He speaks of John. And then he's now saying, now he's going to reflect on the, this generation of people in their hearts and how, um, and how they're viewing John and him. And he says, but to what shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their companions and saying, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned to you and you did not lament. Like we did this for you and you didn't do these things. In other words, we expected this out of you, but this is not what you've done. Right. And man always has. And we, we could call that confirmation bias or whatever. Certain expectations that we expect from people and in, in ourselves. But um, we always have these certain expectations with how people should react to, to what we do. Right? And that's a lot of times why, why we get the results we get. Uh, because we're fixated. We're short-sighted. We're short-sighted. Uh, and expectations can, depending on why we have certain expectations, we can feel shorthanded. Okay, now that's a whole nother uh, discussion. But he was reflecting on this generation, on how they respond to certain things and how they see certain things. And so he says, for John came ne- neither, neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a winebibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. And so he's letting them know, again, this is a, talking about righteous judgment. Like, they're looking at outward things, and they're not really taking the time to see the fruit. They're not hearing the message that John brought. They're not hearing the words. They're looking on the outside. Oh, you know... He has a demon because, I guess, because he's in the wilderness and he doesn't dress as they dress. Uh, and doesn't react to the world the way they react to the world. And in the, and here is Jesus. He's sitting amongst the sinners. He wasn't in the wilderness as John was. He's sitting amongst everyone and in, in, in going to the the weddings and and celebrating the festivals, um, and John was, of course, consecrated. And and they say these things of them. And Jesus says, but wisdom is justified by her children. Now that right there has, a, I've been doing lots of study on that, and it's not completely clear to me, other than you will see the fruits if you're looking, right? And they weren't. They weren't looking for the fruit. 
because they weren't even receiving the message that neither John nor Jesus has brought in. And then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done. So here he says, look, look at these works I've done. Look at the fruit that's being brought forth. And you're, and you're neglecting to see those things. But you brought, you know, they brought judgment, wrong judgment, lies uh, toward these, toward John the Baptist and Jesus. And he says, now, in which most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. So here's verse 20, 11, 20. He says, then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. They didn't recognize him as the Messiah. They didn't recognize their evil works. And in, in, I could see, now, look at how he's saying to this generation, and now you can parallel that to all generations that have existed in the world. And he says, Woe to you, Chorazin. Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, and I don't know how to pronounce those correctly, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. So he's saying that in these other places, they would have repented long ago. And you, but I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. And that that's, uh, that's pretty harsh. Um, if, you, if you would recite this verse to, to some people, they would call that religious. But this is this is Christ revealing to them their hearts that that they they haven't even received the goodness of God. Uh, he done such spectacular miracles and healing and and things for the people he brought in. He brought in, uh, you know, he was healing everyone that was coming up to him that 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 would receive and. And they see these things and they're not even moved in the heart by them. That That's a hardened heart. And at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent. And these are the people that, that think of themselves as wise. We still have those today, those that still kind of neglect the teachings of Christ. And they will call them, if you if you come and bring forth the words of Christ, they will call you all kinds of names, as they did John the Baptist and Jesus Christ himself. So he says, even so, Father, wait, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight, all things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. And then he says, and he invites everyone, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, 
And he's saying, yoke up with me and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And that means he's a servant. He came to serve. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wow, that's beautiful. And wow, he went through so much, so many things here in this one chapter. Showing us, revealing the hearts of man. And then revealing his heart to us. That he came to set us free. Free from sin. Free from anger and malice and greed. And the continual cycle of this competition that we have. This competitive, hostile way of living. And he came to serve. The King of Kings came to serve. Because that's love. Um, but but yet he so he takes the firm stand against this rebelliousness, this rebellious spirit that that humanity continues to have toward him. I mean, here he brings all the goodness. I mean, you know, just like in the garden, here he prepares such a beautiful place. Here he brings these wonderful things to serve and and to celebrate life, and we are quick to be ungrateful, to also not have the eyes to see where the true life, the true things of life are. And it's, and if it weren't so obvious in front of us, you know, like, I mean, these things are so obvious uh, we could see still the hardened hearts of the people today who mock and who carry within them deep anger and resentment toward God and others. And we can be free of that and we can receive. Because we think that things are supposed to be a certain way or look a certain way in order to receive Christ. And that's a lot of what this chapter is speaking on. And... Because we're short-sighted that we have to understand that, yes, in this world there's suffering. But he didn't prom promise us non-suffering here in this world. The world that has declared a separation from him, right? And so, it, it you know, we can go into deeper discussions of that. And I will as the Lord prompts me to. But I'm going to end that here and we're going to go into Matthew chapter 12 tomorrow because right now in this season we are getting acquainted with the voice of God. Uh, I see a lot of teachings and a lot of words and a lot of things being spoken that are clearly not aligned with what Christ has spoken. And as we get acquainted more and more with what he's saying, then we'll understand. We'll understand the... Um, the value of, well, the true value of the truth and also the importance of understanding good and evil, 
because people are giving a one-sided, they're speaking for Christ in a one-sidedness. Um, they're not giving the fullness of Christ. And we have to have the fullness of Christ for our faith to be strong, if, if that makes sense. Our faith has to be growing, especially in these uh, troublesome times as they get more and more um, unstable in around the world. People themselves are mentally growing more and more unstable. And so our faith has to be established. And in order to do that, you receive the full word of Christ. And so that is what that is what this is about. Um, so I'm going to come back tomorrow and read Matthew chapter 12. We're going to continue to read his words, allow them to to be received. And then we'll continue as we go along to get deeper into what he's saying and the implications of those things. I hope you have a blessed day. And I'll be back tomorrow. Bye-bye.